0: Welcome to Book of Engen, episode number twenty, and I have my friend Ali Oleni Check. Yeah, have, there
1: you go. <laughs> I have
0: Ali Oleni Czech. Alio in the room with me. We're gonna spend the next few hours together. And welcome. Thank you. Good to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I haven't done anything like this in a long time. So yeah,
0: None of us have been did, have done anything like this for a long time. So it's good to have human contact.
1: Totally. Cheers. Yes, we're drinking Turkish tea. It's Correct. my first time having it. And that is really good.
0: <laughs> right. Well, as you came in the house, you noticed the park. Yes. What was, what was the first thought that crossed your mind?
1: Well, people are playing soccer. There's a lot of people, and none of them are wearing masks. Um, so it was just like, whoa, is this normal life? Like, what is happening right now? I didn't realize this was happening.
0: It is, this is two, only two weeks old. Last Saturday, the city came and drew the lines for the soccer field. And they positioned the goals. And on Sunday, they held the tournament all day. And then this week, again yesterday, they came uh, to draw, redo the lines and make well, put the flags in, put the goals in. And uh, today, another tournament. And all of this is permitted by the city. And during the week now, we have the... Uh, Youngins come in train like it looks like a kind of high school soccer team probably club level but they're training now those are city permitted as well as uh, there's also a basketball camp that takes place every Wednesday at the park so to me you know these are indications of inconsistencies yes that we're faced with. And hopefully the powers be will have uh, the face to open this city and leave us be.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how you been? Oh, it's been a minute since last time I saw you. Well, yeah, when was the last time I saw minute.
1: you? Um I think it was in January. Right. Yes. I'm pretty sure January something.
0: What was the occasion? Did I run into
1: you somewhere or did we meet? Um I don't think there was an occasion. We just had dinner. Okay. And Sarah met uh, made the Wellington and it correct. was really good. <laughs> correct,
0: correct. Now good to see you. So what you been up to? How are you keeping yourself busy?
1: Yeah. So some work and then taking those classes. Um, at the JC with the Bennett. J- How's oh, that yeah. the one? It's going well. I feel like it's the perfect amount of challenge. Like it's not so much challenge that I'm like, I don't even know what's up or down or right or left or something, but it's enough challenge that I'm like, oh, I, I need to practice, need to put in the work. Like this is hard. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think it's perfect.
0: This is, you're taking the improv one, right? Yes. Okay. So, what are the famous songs in that? Uh, You guys are reading from that book, that Mm -hmm. Emerson book. What's the one in D minor? So what? That is, too, but like the one that just takes forever. It stays in D minor, D minor, D minor, then it moves to E flat. Uh,
1: Impressions,
0: maybe? Something like that. Okay. Something like that, I think so.
1: Yeah, I could name all the songs we've done. Right. We've done Impressions. Uh so what we're working on Killer Joe, Blue Bossa. Okay. Which I really like. I'm like working on that one. I'm like this one's cool.
0: You get your uh Afro Cuban chops. Good. Then I may have you audition for the Salsa Orchestra.
1: Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That I well the thing is like Technically, I'm supposed to be working on Killer Joe because I'm in um, the first... Because it's all combined. A, B, C, and D are all combined. Correct. So um, for, like, Killer Joe is kind of what A and B are working on and then C, Blue Bossa are what C and D are, but I liked it so much that I was like, I want to put my time and energy into Blue Bossa, and then I if I have time, work on Killer Joe too, obviously, but I was like, I just love this song. I, I was hoping to it.
0: do what you're doing but in class because I am a student of Bennett and uh, everything I can do on bass I did it because of his classes and how he pushed me and whatnot and now figured if I do that now in piano coming ah. from like improv one because I think I can pull off all my Twelve major scales, then he builds on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe next semester.
1: Yeah. If they
0: leave us be, if they leave us be.
1: Totally. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll do it next semester. And my dad actually is um, thinking about doing it next semester. He's a jazz guitarist. Right on. Yeah. He'll love it. So we were. I went over to their house yesterday, and we were talking about jazz and everything. And he's been playing for a long time, um, so he's really good.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll get good at this too. You'll get. <laughs> I see you posting stuff on Instagram. Like yeah. Little snippets. What's the idea behind those?
1: The idea is that um, I feel like if I'm posting to social media, it gives me even more of an incentive to keep learning new things. Like new pop riffs and new um whatever. Like sometimes I'll play what I'm learning in class, but sometimes I'll play like a pop riff and stuff and eventually I'm gonna run out of everything I know. So it, it keeps me like learning new things.
0: Right, just, yeah. Yeah. It creates accountability, right?
1: Exactly. Cause
0: right now, uh Just, I only practice what the salsa orchestra is requiring from me right now. Otherwise, I hardly touch the bass. Yeah. And then I'm spending all this time on these uh, bamboo flutes. It's just, you know, something to do. Either, because like, what is it? Motivation comes either from progress on something. Which is, I am. Or, you have a deadline.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right?
0: You need to get after it because you have a deadline. So, you know, it's just trying to kill time. Uh, Regarding of letting us go, this Thursday, I went to the hospital to have my annual checkup. So, I'm sure you've been... a checkup or what not first the nurse takes you in takes Mm. your vitals weighs you you know they go through the checklist and as she's just uh, going through her list she goes and you are due for your flu shot she says I said ma'am I have never had a flu shot in my life what's this do business and She just moved on to the next item.
1: She didn't have a response.
0: She didn't have a response. She just moved on to the next item. And then my physician came in. And I've been with him since 2017. So we have a rapport together. And he's just going through stuff asking about the changes. He gave me a hard time about how I'm 10 pounds heavier than since last time he saw me. And I said, I'm working on that. And he just, like, did this very uh, casual, so, what do you think? Are you going to get the COVID vaccine? I said, no, nah, I think I'm okay. He moved on to the next on the list.
1: Interesting.
0: You know, you would expect him to go, um, well, this is a deadly virus. You must have this vaccine or nah, 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 nah. And nothing. And It was all right. You're opting out. We're moving on. So yeah,
1: that's. I don't know how to
0: read it. Plus, the hospital is empty. I had my daughter in, uh, in the same hospital, and the months. We were going in for the checkups, and as you know, the due date is coming, or for the, uh, for the, labor delivery. You could never find a parking spot in that lot. Now, it's just abundance of parking, and everybody's casual. Of course, they're doing the, like, take your no temperature. And, yeah. No No, 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 people can visit. A friend oh, of mine, okay. yeah, a friend of mine uh, spent about three months on and off in in a hospital in San Francisco. She said, There's no limitation to visitation or anything like that. You just come and go as you please. Of course you obey the mask and the hand sanitizer and whatnot. That's it. I like, perhaps I'm hoping, I really am praying that this will motivate people to get healthy and look after themselves a little bit. Like comb your hair before you leave the house. Who knows? Who knows? Wash your hands. Yes. There's a there's a strange thing. There's that fly. That yeah. Fly, it's <laughs> so distracting. Old listeners, we have a fly in the studio. Bastard.
1: Reminds me of... Did you watch Breaking Bad? Little bit. Oh, okay. That's I could a...
0: never get into it for some
1: reason. It's a little, like... There are times where you're watching it and it's a little, like, you're paying attention to all these details and, like, it's effortful sometimes, um, but then it really pays off. Okay. Um, I watched it, like, six years ago or six or seven years ago, so I'm really fuzzy on the details, but I remember there's this one episode when they're in the lab and there's a fly and, like, it was like the whole episode was like centered around this fly in the lab and they're like Oh just obsessed with it and <laughs> it reminds <sighs> me of
0: that. I'm going to swat and see if I can kill this thing as we speak. See, it's all live and authentic around here at Book of Indian.
1: Yes, very authentic.
0: <laughs> um, have you heard of this new phenomenon called the clubhouse?
1: No.
0: Oh, darling. Let me let me bring you up to speed.
1: Alright. Yeah, sometimes I I feel like I live under a rock. It a little was
0: bit. It, No, but this was completely off my radar. There was no indication anywhere of this. But the the guy that I work with for my uh, digital marketing company, he he's He's the tech side of our company, so he knows all of it. He's just keeping up with all the new advances in the app world and the new social platforms and whatnot. He's the guy, like, my Mac is, I want to say, it's a 2012 model. I brought it to him. He ordered for some parts for like $80. Now, it's running at full speed as if it's a 2021 model. Wow. He's that kind of, he's savvy. And he shot me this um, invitation. And it said, Clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. Come and join. Mesut is inviting you. So, Of course, me being kind of apprehensive about this, I text him back and I was like, what is this? What's this business? And he goes, I think you will love it. I kind of ignored it. And then my sister sent me an invite saying, check this out. You will love this. Now it's coming from two different genres of people. I said, all right, let's check it out. Now, this is the app. You get in. And they call it, there are rooms. And in this room, you have a one or two moderator. And people are just talking to each other. Either they're just talking to each other about like the flavor of the month. Or they have a specific topic. Uh, There are rooms go up to like, like Bill Gates came on. And... Like 10,000 people watched him talk. Not watched him, just listened to him. So it's like a... It's like kind of like talk radio. But live. And on the fly. And anyone can do it. And once you're a part of it. You can open your own room. Like I did a room and said like... Okay, we came to America, but so what? For the immigrants. And I did it in Turkish. I had like... I room of 30 people. Wow. Yeah, wow,
1: that's so cool. Right. They're
0: just asking me questions like, what was my uh, immigration progress like? Or uh, how difficult was it to find a job? Or how did I overcome uh, the cultural issues or the fitting issues? So it's just like you're just talking live. Like a bunch of people get on the same phone call. That's what it feels like. And it, because it doesn't have any visuals, it's just your profile picture of some mm. sort. And then you take turns talking.
1: Do people ever talk over each other? Is that an issue? It
0: can. Like there are some rooms if it's not moderated well, um, it happens. But the ones I've been following is uh, because of Nay, ne, my new instrument, I've been geeking out about, like, Turkish and the Turkish culture again. And I forgot how much I missed speaking in Turkish. So I'm constantly in these rooms that speaks in Turkish. And and with, with clever people who have many achievements. And they're just, like, they're willing to share their past. And they're curious about your story. So it's just good conversations. And, uh... I'll send you an invite. Yeah, to check it out. Like uh, right now, the app is only uh, iPhone only, and uh, evidently they're working on the other platforms. Like this morning, I sat through a uh, like a conversation room, where is uh, these masters of the Turkish classical music are speaking, and one of the masters is um, the lady that I have the book of for the name flute that I'm studying. So I could ask her direct questions. All of a sudden, I had I have access to her.
1: Wow. So how do you find out about the rooms?
0: Right. Do the you rooms, search? Or? You can search. And as you expand your network in regards to who you're following, the app puts... Whatever room they are in, it becomes part of your feed. Mm. And then you just like look at it. Either you can go to your contacts to see who's online. And if somebody is in a room, it has the title of the room written underneath it. And then you can just click on their name. And then it says, do you want to go to the room that they're in? So you're like, all right, let's check it out.
1: That's really cool. And here's the
0: best part. To leave the room, their icon is a peace side so you just peace out nice <laughs> and it's it's fascinating that it also shows showed me what a bubble I live in now I'm like paying attention to this like Turkish side of things and they're like Turks who are in Turkey Turks who are just spread across the world so different time zones um like yesterday I spoke to Someone who lives in uh, Minnesota who's Turkish but at the same time in that same room I had someone who lives in Istanbul and another Turkish dude who lives in Egypt and everybody was just giving their feedback about what was going on.
1: That's so cool. It reminds me of Twitch a little. Are you familiar with Twitch? I've heard of the name. It's like um there's a live broadcaster, and you could be in their room, and there's a chat. Um, but the difference is the chat is all um, typing. Mm-hmm. So the broadcaster, the main broadcaster, is the only person that's like talking. But it sounds like with Clubhouse, um, the people in the room can actually talk with each other, which so, is really cool. So as you
0: first come in the room, you come in as a re- listener. And then if you have something to say, you raise your hand and they bring you up to where you can talk. Best part, there is no chat. So you can't have conversation between yourself while the room is going on. I think that's clever. I hope they don't add a chat uh, component to it because I think it will pollute the experience. Say, you know, two people are debating about something or they're just like sharing ideas and then somebody behind the scene is just like constantly feeding the other person with whatever I think that would distract the experience but give it a go there, there, there was an open mic one
1: oh cool yeah
0: and in a way it's instant um, on that one the etiquette was everyone would have their mics on but if if they leave it to you, um like they would just gonna keep their mouth shut, but if you tell a funny story then you get to hear their laughs.
1: That's awesome. Because you know? that's what Zoom is missing. Yeah. Well people turn off their cameras and their
0: either cameras or they turn off their mics, so yeah. you just don't know. It is I I've done a couple. I've done a couple and uh yeah, it's not the same. I'm not gonna hate on it. it's better than nothing. Yes but then there was a moment when Levi had uh, ha- had an open mic at one of the brew pubs downtown San Rosa and we all showed up. It just happened just one time yeah <laughs> and um, it was at to- like around the holiday season it was around Christmas time. Just for a brief moment, it just opened, and it was so fun. It was so fun. Everybody was funny. It felt like like the first days of the open mic, without any like personal insecurities or any of that. Just you just show you just you just miss it. You just sh- everybody showed up on stage for themselves to entertain and even you know our friends people that you know showed up even when they were bombing they were having a good time yeah you know just happy to be there
1: yeah just thrilled to be making art
0: right and then when they were just happy to be bombing people had a good time you know so hopefully it comes back again have you been writing
1: You know, I haven't been writing, um, I've been focusing on music, um, so I haven't been writing comedy as much, because,
0: um... There's no way to test it?
1: Well, there's no way to test it, and I guess I just kind of, like, feel like I only have so much capacity in my, um, Mm. brain for creating, and I've just been channeling that into music, and... With the hopes of doing what I was doing before the shutdown, which was playing music for the comedy scene. hmm Like, I want to kind of hone in on that, because I love comedy and I love music, so it's, it's pretty cool to be able to do both at the same time. I think
0: there's a tight relationship between the two expressions of art. Yes. Like, um, if you watch... uh Have you ever seen Dave Chappelle's Block Party? No. Make a mental note of it. It's when he brings in all these hip-hop gods uh, to a neighborhood in Brooklyn. They just block off. And... Amazing. And he's the host. Like, Roots is there. Mostef is there. Erykah Badu is there. Kanye is there. Uh... All the greats, all the greats you can think of are there. And at one point, they talk about, uh, musicians talk about comedians and comedians talk about musicians. And everybody's, like most deaf, great musician, also funny. Turns out, Dave Chappelle, great comedian, and also a savvy piano player.
1: I didn't know that. Right.
0: And uh, it's... it's, uh, I think they're very connected. They're very much connected. Like Levi is an incredible musician. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had a chance to listen to his, uh, like he had a four-piece jazz band.
1: Funny story. I was um, in a bar just drinking, and then I look to the side, and there's this band um, setting up. And then I see Levi. All right. Um, but then um, my ride got there, and I had to go, oh. so I just missed him. Was
0: it in Sebastopol?
1: Yeah, the Ruin Cocktail yeah. Bar. Yeah, that's
0: that's that was his crew. That was his. Uh, they have an incredible uh, bass player and a drummer. And Diego is part of that band, too.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good times. But I think they're they're connected. The worst is the comedian that thinks he's a musician and the the musician that thinks he's a comedian. Yeah. (laughs) That's the part where you go, you're not that funny. Mm -hmm. I know you're trying. You're not that funny. And you can always tell, like, some musicians between the songs, they try to, like, Crowd, do, stand do, 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 like, do crowd work, mm-hmm. Not I'm like, oh, that needs work, so just yeah. stick to your two five ones, yeah, <laughs> stick to your two five ones, you'll be fine,
1: yeah, it's like, those people need to hit up the open mics, and, indeed, really, um, if they want to exercise that comedy muscle, too, then, it, it's not easy, it takes so much time, putting in the hours, like, um, developing that muscle like people make it look easy but
0: yeah yeah totally it's not <laughs> I mean I guess when you make it look easy like when some people come to me after a show and it's like how can I learn bass I'm like well you gotta get bass yeah you gotta just like put in a bunch of time in and be consistent too the, the like I'm relearning it or learning a new instrument and it's the first time ever i am faced an instrument that i have to go through the each step it doesn't allow me to jump like five steps like if you grab a bass and if you're a little bit musical or if you just grab a keyboard if you're a little bit musical you can Create a like simple riff and just like repeat that. If you're doing that in time, you got something going on. You can entertain yourself. This new piece of instrument, no sound comes out of it until I conquer the first sound that is, that I'm supposed to be conquering. And it also allows me to get to know myself because all the rookie frustrations or like the huffs and puffs come out. Then I go, all right, you're not 13 anymore. Stop huffing and puffing. Just do it 10 more times, 10 more times. It's just like when I go to the gym, uh, shout out the hard ass work. Uh, it's a group exercise. We're all apart, but it's a group exercise, and we rotate. It's like a, like a boot camp, or we call it circuit training. There are like certain exercises, and you do like a minute or two, and then you switch. The only thing that bums me out is having someone who just huffs and puffs for each exercise. I'm like, why are you here? You're here for an hour. Just do your best. Instead of huffing and puffing, you could try to do one more push-up that will get you stronger rather than just staring at the ground with your hands on your hip and just like huffing and puffing. That push-up is not going to do itself. So, yeah. It's just when people do it well and they make it look easy, which is a compliment in a way when someone comes and say, how can I start what you're doing?
1: It's like, oh, so I made it seem easy, and therefore, within reach,
0: within and, re- well, yeah, you should it them, is it is it is, totally it is, but it comes with the hours, yeah, you know, and your job is even harder, I always find, because you gotta separate your brain to your left hand and to your right hand, and oh like keep one thing like you gotta keep the groove with your left hand while you're you know adding color with your right hand. In...
1: yeah i'm working on that right now with watermelon man because I got, oh yeah i did the right hand but now i'm working on the left hand
0: such a pretty song
1: yeah i love it and um when the certain parts where the like the right hand and the left hand together they my brain is like can't comprehend what's happening um so it just takes like slowing it down putting yeah. in the time playing it like so slow that it's like awful, but that's the only way to learn.
0: Did you get used to the idea of slowing things down
1: and getting there? Because, like, it's like you want to just play it, obviously, right. but then it's like, no, I'm gonna to have to play this ridiculously slow many times and then I'll speed up, right? So,
0: just to let you know, that process. Never ends. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how good you are. When you're first exposed to a piece of music for the first time, it's just back to elementary school.
1: Yeah.
0: It's back to, like, I've, I've and it was f- so eye opening for me to see masters practice it like that when I went to uh, do the Afro Cuban studies at Fresno State. We had these amazing, like, world-famous musicians uh, mentoring us. But then they had to put together a show of their own, the Masterclass Show, which was mind-blowing. Oh, my God. It was mind-blowing. There was a girl next to me. She froze. She froze.
1: Because it was that right? great. It was
0: so good. And I told her, like, breathe and move move a leg because you're going to die. <laughs> like, you're going to pass out because she was like this. And that's how she was, like hypnotized by the whole thing but they all showed us because uh one it was a great uh piano player they were doing one or two of his arrangements and all the horn players all the bass the bass player and everything they showed us one by one how they first approach a new piece of music nobody was going faster than 40 beats per minute nobody even the maestro, he goes, this is how it works. This is the nature of this thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: eventually, you, you build up steam. I was like, okay, if it's happening to you, it's okay for it to happen to me. Because for the longest time, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have someone giving you news from your future then it's so easy to think, man, this is only happening to me. Mm-hmm. I must suck. Yeah. So, and earlier, I was listening to that Turkish classical music um, room, and they were talking about mentorship. Because a lot of the Turkish music, yeah, you can write it down, but if you just play it with your regular music theory, you will never get those accents in place. Which is the pronunciation of that genre of music. And in jazz too, like Bennett mm-hmm. probably tells you, don't play it straight, play it with like, da 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 da, da. You yeah. know, like where, where you put enunciate one note more than the other, although they all have the same value on the page.
1: That's what I had to learn, or one of the many things I've had to learn, from going from classical to jazz. Mm-hmm. Because with classical, it's so precise; everything is like on the page. Yeah. And in jazz, it's like, oh, it's written like that, but if you listen to the record, it they don't play it like that.
0: It's open to interpretation. It, yeah. And- and pronunciation, and depends on where you're from. Like someone from Chicago will play the same line different than someone from New Orleans mm-hmm. or New York. And these people, that when they were talking about the mentorship, I had an example because I'm, I'm uh, friends with the person who's organizing the event. And then she said, Any, what do you have to say about this? I said, well, I'm going to give you guys an example why mentorship is necessary Completely from a different field. Fatherhood. As you know, just like yours, I have a complicated last name. Yes. Right? It's not something that we hear all the time. Plus, I have the hooks under my S's and all that stuff. When we went to Alaska uh, to visit Sarah's family, Sarah's niece played with Asena. For a long time. And then came back and said. Well everything was fine. But this child doesn't know her last name. And I'm like. Oh that is true. My daughter does not her know, know her last name. Because we only. Obviously we only call her. By her name. And we I don't have the tradition. Like I said I hope you should get into your room. Because yeah. she doesn't put herself. In a situation like that either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I said. To Asenna, and she's turning five this April, I said, Asenna, do you know your last name? <laughs> she goes, eh, mm mm-hmm. Okay, all right, you want to practice it? She goes, sure. So I say it, she said it back to me, but completely off. And because she doesn't know how to read and write, I can't just write it down and say, hey, like, pronounce these S's as sh. And then you'll hit home. You'll come very close to how it's pronounced. Just through repetition since last November, now she can say her last name fluently. But without the mentorship, there was no way she could figure that out on her own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everybody giggled, of course. And these are like, like nationally famous names in their field. And they all had a good kick out of my story. That's awesome. You know, it's just like, you need it. And you know what they talked about that was uh, very interesting? The death of mentorship doesn't come from evolving culture. It comes from the political ideology being enforced on public because if you create ways I might butcher it so I'm paraphrasing what they said in Turkish and translating it into English Okay. what they said is the political agenda can put things in place to hinder mentorship so, they can teach what they want to teach, like the assembly line. Everybody knows the same thing. I was like, mind blown. Because mentorship, with mentorship, if you, if you, I was lucky that I've had few mentors, and they never taught me the base let's just say through base they gave me life advice
1: uh, a yeah.
0: world view like one of the best best things i learned from bennett was i was playing with a group of people who were supposedly Head and shoulders above me on paper. And as far as their street credit goes, they were head and shoulders above me. And, uh, but we were assigned this very fast song. And to my ears, not that I can't play it, I can hear that none of us can play it. And the only time I can play it and the rest of us can play it is when Bennett comes in to the practice and plays that song with us, because he plays everything in time, thus we know how to gauge ourselves and where the groove is. I said, how do I bring this to the table? Because that group was also filled with very, very large egos due to their street credit. And he, he was completely aware of these characters because he has taught these characters for many years. I said, Maestro, what do I do here? He said, make it about yourself. I said, how so? He said, can we play this slower because I can't do it, right? So for me to get better, can we play this song slower? that will force them to play it slower and find the groove instead of just hodgepodge, you know, rushing through it, bombing. It. I was like, this is genius. This is mm-hmm. wisdom. Yeah. That has sheer wisdom. And he just brought me to it. So he what he taught me is more than music. I can apply that anywhere where I know something is wrong and I can just say, all right, look, I suck. <laughs> So help me unsuck by doing this a little slower.
1: It's like putting your ego aside for the greater good of the situation.
0: Definitely. But without that interaction, I don't know what it would take for me to get to that wisdom. So that mentorship, right, is crucial. And and the mentorship is being killed by the political agenda. I thought that was very, very interesting and got me thinking like how everything is just mainstream and this and that. But maybe like the shape of schooling is going to change. Maybe I'll one day I'll be I pissed off a lot of people. I don't know if that will work for me, but I might be able to say, hey, if you're interested, I can help you how to learn. And then in that interaction, I might just like, hey, you know, here's a little life lesson (laughs) that you can use for the rest of your life to anything. Who knows? How did we get here?
1: We were talking about um, mentorship and practicing and just how to learn. Right. And um, yeah, it's just like having the grit to to just be like I suck at this and if I work hard enough at it I eventually Oh the open mic you this. got to
0: put the time in. Yeah. Like yeah it, it's it's a good compliment that they want to do what you want to do. Yeah. But all right great it's available to everyone that's what you said. Mhm. It's totally cuz growing up Very cocky statement. Probably the most cocky thing I'm going to say today. (laughs) Um, If I saw someone doing it, I looked at it and I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it too. All I got to do is have the level of interest and the time put in. Like There was nothing stopping me from becoming a brain surgeon except me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the interest. So, and I tried to tell that to my students when I was teaching, like, if somebody else is doing it, I mean, they're like physical, You, you I'm not going to be Jordan, I could never be like Jordan, I didn't have the physical attributes to be like Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron, what am I, like, I come to his belly button, you know what I mean, like, I don't stand a chance, so, it's, uh... I wish people would learn this. I wish people... Education system needs to change.
1: Yeah, I noticed for me, and this is a challenge I'm trying to overcome, is asking for help more. Mm. Um, because I have a sense sometimes of shame, like, oh, I don't know this. So I, I just kind of sometimes sweep it under the rug. But I'm trying to get more comfortable with admitting, like, I am not good at this. Can you please help me in asking for guidance and for help? Because that's the other piece of the puzzle. Like, you have to want the help and ask for it. And um, I'm working on that with myself.
0: When was the last time you discovered that? Like, um, Like, what do you think What pointed out to you that, oh, man, I, I suck at asking for help?
1: like for just the first thing that comes to my mind is in class, for example, like Bennett will ask, does anyone have any questions? And, um, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that person that asks this. What if everyone else knows this? But then, um, if I do ask it, i'm like so happy i asked and everyone else is like oh yeah like there it's not like it was a dumb thing to ask or whatever but that's just the inner critic being like you should already know this like how was school
0: for you when you went through the paces of elementary middle school and high school
1: i loved elementary school absolutely loved it i loved school um Middle school and high school, I loved certain parts of it. I loved band, and I loved certain things. Um, But I think in high school, I was too focused on the grades. Like, I was too focused on getting that high GPA, doing the really difficult classes, and getting the GPA I wanted. And now, if I were to go back, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to take that extra math class. Or I'm not going to take that AP class. I'm going to focus on, like, theater and music and the things I'm interested in now. If I were to go back and do high school again, I would have taken less academic classes and more art classes. Um, because I took, like, four years of math. You only have to take two. But so I took, you took four. you college
0: math while you were in high school then.
1: Basically, yeah. yeah. And then same with Spanish. I took four years of Spanish four years of science, just all these things I didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I put that into the arts instead of yeah. traditional academia, because at this point in my life, all I care about is arts. Right. And I think when I was younger, it was like the pressure from society, like get that GPA, do those college prep courses. And now I'm like, for me personally, I, I wouldn't do that again.
0: Did you do college? Mm-hmm. What did you? What's your degree in?
1: Psychology. Oh right, yes. I remember yes, we yes, both yes, had a psych yes, degree. yes, true,
0: true. I am ever so grateful for that journey. Yeah. For that journey, I'm at like my schooling, elementary school. It felt like I had a target on my back because I was. If we had a counseling department when I went to school, I would be short bus material for sure. They would like put me in with mm. like the emotionally disturbed yeah. children. It, it, but what it was, the stuff was boring. And I had so much energy. Like I had so much energy that jumping off of 10 steps with a skateboard was my normal. Because you have to have a level of energy to... It's not necessarily fearless, but to work your way up to jumping off of 10 steps with four yeah. wheels under your feet. It's just like... And it, it takes the... And I had abundance of energy for that matter. And I was so keen into like... because. In, 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 in skate, skateboarding, every day, I could get close to something. That progress was there. But in school, it was moving so slow. And when it was moving so slow, my mind, like within the first five minutes, I'd be... Like my body would be in the classroom, but my mind would be on the other side of the world. But the it took me three attempts to get into college. So, I don't have fond memories of how I was managed in school. Yeah. So, like, when you said, I love elementary school. Yeah. It like, <laughs> it's for foreign idea. I went to school like it was a factory job. Yeah. Monday morning, I would clock in. Friday afternoon, I, uh, I would clock out. And then I would have nothing to do with school. I wouldn't... I didn't hang out with my people at school. I had a bunch of other... Maniacs like me that I hung out with, good maniacs, great maniacs, like these. I call them maniacs because these people's brain worked completely different than what I was exposed to in my classroom. I went to middle school and high school at the same school. Imagine I spent seven years with the same people, did not hang out with them. Over the weekend.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Just like not interested. And here's why I wasn't interested. Like today we have a chat room on WhatsApp for our graduating class. Oh, okay. And people are like posting their events and this and that. And it, it was beautiful because there were a few maniacs. Among those seven years that I had connected with, but then they either left school, moved to another town, or something changed. I just happened to be at the same spot for seven years, so it was kind of a rotating, uh, like people because it was a German department. Like expats came back from Germany to uh, continue their life in Turkey, so they would just enter your life. After middle school, or parts of it, but then I'm watching them. A lot of them posting like their good doings. Like one of them is like head of animal rescue. The other one is helping, you know, kids who are in need, financial aid for their education. All these good doers, and all I can think of is. Motherfuckers, I watched you guys call this one girl Bug for seven years straight. This one girl.
1: Oh my that side. <laughs>
0: that sucks, man. It just like in it, it it like you guys did that. You guys giggled and just gave her this nickname Bug and you guys called her that for seven years. Like I can't like I can't hang out with you yeah I, that girl didn't do anything to you she wasn't she wasn't the prettiest and she was from uh, she wasn't from our hometown so she was also part of the boarding school of the school and and I, I now I think about it often like what a challenge th- and she was a she was a tough cookie I'll give her that um but what a like, when you're young and you don't have the maturity and the vocabulary to explain things to yourself, and then every day you go back to the dormitory knowing that all these assholes called you a bug. And then you're gonna, knowing you're gonna wake up to that nickname again to go back to classroom with them. And I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. So, that, that was another reason why I didn't hang out with those folk.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like, it's so hard, like, and kids are so mean, and, um, or they can be. And I was really sensitive when I was that age. Like, I still am really sensitive, but. How was the
0: language that was used in your household growing up? Was it a gentle language? Did people pay attention to language?
1: It wasn't always gentle. <laughs> and, I
0: mean, I, I had a dad who cursed like a sailor. And, but, in the culture, the reason I asked, in the culture of our family, that gentle language and intent in your language was also endorsed. Mm-hmm. Like, had they found out that I was trying to bully someone my dad would just like break me in half yeah you know but yeah he would get mad at the soccer game or the politician on TV and then he'd just light it up yeah (laughs) you know what I mean that's
1: kind of similar to my upbringing like I was I don't even swear much now Mm -hmm. just because of my upbringing not saying I'm against it I just kind of never got into it like here and there I'm really excited about something or really mad I might swear but I just grew up not swearing and um, I was raised Catholic Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for my Catholic upbringing just because um, I'm glad I had that experience I don't consider myself Catholic now but I'm grateful for everything i learned You're probably about as
0: much as a catholic as i am muslim
1: probably <laughs> yeah not
0: good examples i wouldn't necessarily point at myself a great muslim but i am also grateful for the culture yeah um i just recently heard this idea where uh someone referred to all religions and its books are manual for humanity. Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I can buy into that. You know someone tried. Someone say hey if you do this you'll be a good person. And everybody tried their own version. And then they wrote it in their time trying to figure out that time and those conditions and then Add a thousand years to it. Somebody read it and said, "All right, we need to conquer that country because the book says so." Or whatever, we have slaves. The book says so. Yeah. So, but the the, the upbringing in in that, if it's a good, I mean, I think all religions mean well.
1: Yeah, I think they could be used as a weapon which I don't like, but you could say that about anything really. Sure. It could be used as a weapon. And what I think is very interesting is in this culture, how people use Christianity as such a weapon, the Bible is a weapon towards um, LGBTQ people, for example. Oh right. Um, but the thing about Jesus was he was so welcoming of everybody, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. If you're a prostitute, if you're I walk with old man. A, yeah. Um anyone. He was friends with the downtrodden, like the people on the fringes of society. Mm-hmm. That's who he hung out with. So I just it always bothers me when people use the Bible in a way that is
0: to wag for their finger for discrimination. Yeah. Of eyes. He said, Jesus wouldn't want you to do that.
1: I'm like, Do you know Jesus? Yeah, (laughs) it's like Jesus wouldn't want you to say that. (laughs) Right. And um, there's this one story that I love that is about um a woman who is getting stoned for working as a prostitute on the Sabbath day, Mm -hmm. and everyone is gonna stone her, and Jesus came out and he said, "If any of you are without sin, then you can stone her," but. And no one stoned her.
0: <laughs> it's the self righteousness. But isn't that crazy? The self righteousness is now the voice of the woke culture. The canceling.
1: Oh, you mean like um, well that's true. That's another way to look at it too, like they all sound like, like their fart mental. don't
0: you know, don't yeah. stink. I'm like, my father
1: smells. smells yeah, that's very much so. That's very true. It's like on the liberal side, um, there's well, a lot of that a too.
0: What's the how would you? I don't know. I
1: how, would say like far left.
0: Okay, yeah, L well, E U. Any anyone far? You. Yeah. I don't where, care which far you go. It's just too far for me.
1: Just to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle. Totally, and um, just. You know the wagging the finger oh, yeah. and all that. It it's on both sides. For you know sure. I
0: take on some of those on Facebook. I yeah, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people think that I'm uh, I'm biting the bait. No, to me it's a teaching opportunity, just to show them. Look, why don't you put the shoe on the other foot? See how that feels. Before you. And do you think you know everything? I don't know of shit. And I've been around for 46 years. 47 this July. I don't know anything. Someone tells yeah. me something and i just like, oh, okay. That's a good angle. You know, if someone brings me a good, reasonable, believable story, I'll listen to it. But it's, it's incredible how... Anyone who's just too far, right? Just putting Bible behind them and then telling them "You, what, what happened to us this week. Uh, it'd be actually very interesting to listen to your take on this. Okay. So, the girls were playing and I asked the older one to send me the little one over to the office because... Before they have any type of screen time, the rule is they need to ask. And then that's how we can manage their time. Like, oh, you had too much or yeah, sure till dinner. You can watch a show or so. And then I'm waiting here, waiting here, waiting here. Nobody comes. So I go back in the room. Now the oldest one is on one screen. The younger one is on the other screen. And I said, well, what happened here? Like, how did you forget? that we need to curb this one. And you chose to have your screen time without asking as well. In the meantime, she's trying to like poke on her uh, phone because she was on the phone with a friend of hers as well. And I do not look at anybody's private property. I don't care. I don't need to know. And not knowing, I find peace in not knowing. And for some reason, I grabbed the phone, it was face down, turned around, and hit the home button to say, Were you on the phone with someone? And then I noticed the screensaver. And the screensaver is two silhouettes, and one of the silhouettes is. A female figure with one hand on her hip and the other hand pointing the ground. And the other silhouette is a man on all fours bowing down to her. (laughs) I lost my shit. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What's happening here? Supremacy.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It bothered me.
0: And when I say I lost my shit, I really kind of like, I can say comfortably that I lost a little bit of my control. In a sense that I got loud and just said like, because this is like, in a way, um, to me, I wanted her to understand that this is a form of bullying. Mm-hmm. In this whole world of equality and like that's the part that bothers me about self-righteous people. When they preach equality, whichever group that is that is like pushing the equality bound, uh, line ends up sounding like how much better they are than the others
1: yeah i mean that what you just showed me was inequality no um it what it's a role reversal um i wouldn't even accept
0: uh, the role reversal of this either like if the man was pointing down the ground and the woman about i wouldn't accept that either yeah
1: neither one are equality right yeah
0: it's some sort of dominance over the other because you're black gay woman all the other alphabet like minority it's just me coming here as a Turk with our great history and thinking I'm greater than Americans and I'm a gift to this country like it would be that it would be that line of thinking Which is, which is definitely not allowed in this household. Because then you're a bully.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's interesting because I would say we live in a patriarchal society. So it's like, I'm a feminist and I would say that I want men and women to be equal. Mm -hmm. Um... But that graphic isn't equality, that's that's something else. And in a mature, like, regardless of, if I was saying this in a mature sense, like someone over 18, I'd say that could be, like, some kind of sexual thing that could be consensual and people are into that. Um, Everybody's
0: into something. You know my bit about that. What? <laughs> you know my bit about that. Everybody's into something. Yeah. As long as you don't take anything from anybody.
1: Yes, and so it's, but as a for a kid, it's, it's definitely a little puzzling. Like it, just to how me, that, it's a
0: sign how some of the messages are being interpreted by. She's fourteen. Yeah. So it also... And later, I apologized to her for kind of blowing up a little. Yeah. And I said, look, I am mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at whatever this culture is. And you're just like buying into it just so you can be accepted by your peers. Because I'm sure like somehow one of her friends... She said one of her friends sent this to her. Yeah. And they all have it as that. It's just like they got a girl posse. I'm like, then what are you guys buying into? Do you want to save the turtles by not using straws, or you want to just dominate another party? Like, what is it? How good are you? Where's the Where's the Where's the true north here?
1: Yeah, I would say like I'm all for girl power. Oh yeah. Um. But I think it's like, if you're arguing, like, just if the argument is, oh, men have been oppressing us, so we're going to oppress the men now, that's not really the goal, I would say. Or it shouldn't be the goal.
0: It it, it comes across as two wrongs are going to make one right.
1: Yeah, which isn't...
0: No, never has been.
1: Yeah, so it, it seems to me like as a female, I want respect, I want, um, you know, agency, I want want people to not judge me based on just my appearance or just what I do with myself, like, there's all these things I want.
0: In comedy, huh, you just get first, when you first get on stage, do you feel a certain energy like when it's like first time you're facing a crowd
1: a little bit i noticed that people treat me what she's gonna be yeah
0: you know like what is and then but i know your craft i've watched your craft i like your craft i like what you you do on stage so to me i mean when i showed up to all of those open mics even after having gotten to know people, to me, the entire night is an entertainment.
1: Yes, I, right? I love open mics.
0: Right, that's how I take it. Like, whether I suck on stage or not, doesn't matter. The entire night is an entertainment. Whether people are bombing or doing great, still entertainment. Like, I never sit there and go, uh, you know, like, it's just ruining my craft while you're doing that. That person is doing that. Yeah. Let that person do that. And I just laugh at it, or again, I'm there to kill time. Everybody shows up there to kill time, I assume, right? And um, being a father of two girls is, and then the environment we're in, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know how a girl feels. I have no idea. I know how a boy feels with my, through my own experiences or when I heard my own friends' challenges, whatnot. And the only way I'm trying to create common ground in our conversation is if we're really buying into this gender fluidity as well. Right? Which whatever, again, people are into everything, right? The conversation we're having here is, I'm also against the girl power thing. I want human power. Be awesome, be undeniable, then it doesn't matter what you are and what you do behind closed doors. That's what I support. That's what I've always supported. Like, the town I come from in Turkey has a massive uh, transgender community. And um, they have their own neighborhood. Actually, one of the fanciest neighborhoods in downtown. And I have never heard of violence against them. And... They just existed. Like, few of the bartenders in our favorite clubs were transgender. And uh, mostly my experience is uh, men moving into the women role. And so for me, like, eh, it's a big city. Everybody's in something. People come in all sorts of colors and shapes. And the friends I've had, among them, were awesome in whatever they did. Like I wasn't admiring them because they were able to put this eyeliner so great and wear the mini skirt and the the stilettos awesomely. It's just more like what they were about was attractive to me, which made me call them a friend. So these two girls growing up, that's what I'm trying to teach them. I'm like just be. Be the best you can be in whatever it is that fuels your heart. And then you will attract that kind of people. But these days, with the teenager thing, and man, girls are mean. Yeah. Girls are mean.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: <laughs> like, one of her favorite people is the biggest bully. Constantly talks down to her. I'm like, you realize this is what's happening, Right. I had
1: friendships like and that. And then too. she
0: goes, "Well, you know, like I've had her forever." So that's that's how she is. She has accept- I'm like, "Why would you carry around that kind of energy? Someone constantly talking down on you whereas she sucks as bad as you do in that same thing that you guys do." But she's constantly telling you how bad you are. Why would you live in that environment?
1: I, yeah, I have to say I've had friendships like that, many. Um, What was the attraction? The attraction is that um, often the strong personalities like that, um, they like to be friends with people who are maybe a little bit more submissive, or, you know, it's kind of a power dynamic, and I was always a little more, like, Submissive, so it's like these strong and shy. Mm -hmm. So these strong personalities would come in and kind of take me under their wing, and I kind of liked that. And they'd give me a lot of compliments
0: protected,
1: protected, and like, um, like they were a leader. And Mm. I, in a way, I was a follower, but I liked having a leader and kind of like the queen bee, you know, like, okay, um. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I really realized that my friends like that were treating me poorly. I didn't realize that until I was probably like 22, 23, 24. Um, Now
0: hindsight, looking back, how would you describe their, under the banner of confidence, what kind of insecurities they were hiding
1: oh incredibly insecure they're incredibly insecure and like i was really nice to them and it's like this dynamic um i would say she'll outgrow it like i did i think it takes some time though like i and a lot of it i realized from going to therapy actually oh. my therapist kind of helped me realize what was happening like why? What was the
0: break? If you don't mind sharing, what was the breaking point for you? Like, what was your aha moment?
1: Um, it's when I started to say no, and that wasn't an option. Right. In their eyes, they're like, "You've always said yes to me. You've always done everything I've ever wanted you to yeah, do." Yeah, well,
0: into this now.
1: Yeah, and I was like, "No, sorry, I'm gonna stick with not doing this thing." Um, that you want me to do. And then it was like, we were clashing, 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 making up, clashing, making up. And then eventually it was just like this friendship just isn't working yeah, I'm, anymore. I'm
0: hoping. Well, you know, my older one is my stepdaughter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With m- my daughter, I find it easy because I am growing with her. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've known her from seed up, right? Yes. And my old eldest entered my life; she was already eleven. So, and my biggest fear is, uh, I got Nadine, my dog, when she was two years old, and Nadine, in her health, she was a murderer. She was a very aggressive dog due to her own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could never break her from those habits because I have no idea what happened the first two years of her life till I found her. For example, if Nadine was in this room and you grab that broomstick, Nadine will like get up and cower.
1: Aww.
0: No one has ever hit that dog on my watch. But something has happened prior.
1: She's traumatized. But even to this
0: day, to this day, she's like 12 years old now. You pick that broomstick and she'll be like, you know, she'll just crawl up in a corner and like or leave. She'll leave. So, back to my old, old, older daughter... I'm I'm so I love her I love her as much as I love my own daughter and I want I don't want her to live a life that I didn't live, right like it's not like I wanna press on like whatever like she has access to everything, but I'm just like, come on, you need to develop these fundamental habits. Like, embrace your suck, and then eventually you're just going to get better. I just want to teach them that.
1: That's a great thing to Because they're
0: going to suck in anything and everything until they die. Every time we start something, we suck at it. Yeah. The first time is suck, and it's just how you are embracing that suck. Totally. I mean, how many times I crashed and burned on stage? Maybe 20 years ago if I tried it and crashed and burned the way I did on stage, I may not have come back. Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, because of the audience sucks, or this, that, the other, make excuses, the walls were too, this, and, you know. No, I sucked. I know that now, 20 years ago, it'd be a different approach. So, I just, uh And because she entered my life at 11... In my knowledge or in like in my tool bag there's a huge gap. Because with Asena, as she's growing, I keep adding little tools to my bag as her needs grow. But now Savannah's turning 14 in May. I look at my tool bag and I'm like, (laughs) I don't I my tools are so primitive to handle this sophisticated being. Yeah. I don't... And there I just turned to... I turned to, obviously, to her mom. And she's comfortable because her tool bag is set. Like, she can comfortably look at Savannah and go, she's fine, babe. Just relax. I'm like, what do you mean relax? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, all I have is just like these disastrous uh, thoughts of like how bad can this be but she's so cool and collected because I guess she knows how to be a girl right she has that mm-hmm. advantage like her, she looks at her toll bags and like this will work
1: and part of parenting is kind of letting your kids trip and fall and so they learn how to fail and then recover from failure um, so that's, that's a difficult thing to do that's for sure. such a
0: interesting, interesting, uh, thing. And it, it reminds me how, like, I'm becoming that guy, like, get off my lawn.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, with the yeah. new things that's coming. Yesterday, she wore all these, uh, Savannah wore all these baggy outfits,
1: and oh, then, yeah, that's what's in right now.
0: Right? Then, uh, <laughs> like pants baggy, hoodie baggy, all that. And I said, well, if you put your work boots on, you look like a rap star. And she goes, what work boots? I'm like, you're Timberlands. She goes, Timberlands? Oh, my Tims. Well, Tims are. I just stopped her. It's like, do not try to explain me what Tims are. I want to hear it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, you know, like, just stop being old. Stop being old. Let her, like, she was going to be cool by explaining me what Tim's are. I'm like, I had no patience for it. I'm like, I don't need to. It's are Timberlands. Tim's.
1: Yeah, I'm not cool anymore. Um, these pants I'm wearing, you know, they're, like, fitted skinny jeans. Okay. They're not in anymore.
0: They're not. they like,
1: no, it's all about the baggier like uh-huh. wide leg. Like on TikTok, I don't know if you heard the whole um battle between the millennials and the Gen Zs cuz the Gen Zs are saying like what's cool now and what's out. And one of the things is tight pants are out. Skinny jeans are uh-huh. And I'm still going to wear them, but um it's funny. I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm not in the I don't know what's cool anymore." I'm past that point now.
0: When I was a teenager, like that middle school, high school years, I never wore jeans because I was a skateboarder. So I wore like dickies and, you know, just baggy khakis. That's the, or baggy shorts. Part of it, the baggy, the flow also shows style. Like you could point at a trick better. It's part. Of the costume is part of the trick mm-hmm. as well. Of course, it has its own. It had its own fashion. And at the time, how skinny jeans are fashionable. The Levi's five o ones was the thing. Like you know, back in the day when uh, for among the boys having Jordans mm-hmm. was a big thing. People would c- congratulate each other when they get themselves a pair of
1: 501s. I don't know what those look
0: like. 501s are just, I think they're just like straight cut jeans. And oh, then, okay. And then the preferable ones would be the button-up uh, fly versus the zipper fly.
1: Interesting. Men
0: and women. 501s was like, so you could just like look down this promenade of people, young people hanging out on a Saturday, and it would be 501s in every color you can think of. And I get it. I get it. But then me being on the opposite end of the spectrum, I was, I guess, on the far ends when I was growing up. Like when I had my hair in a funky do, you can't imagine that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was the only one. When I shaved my head in 95, not shaved my head, just like completely... Clipped it off because I was like receding hairline, this and that. I'm like, it's time to stop pretending like I have hair. So I just, you know, clipped it off. Nobody, how many people told me, what, you're a skinhead now? You know, it was such an out, now you go back to Turkey, and among Turkish men, being bold is pretty prominent. Everybody has the same haircut that I'm supporting. But at the time in nineteen ninety five, it was like such a. <gasps>
1: it was a statement. Oh yeah,
0: like what is Angie saying? Angie's not saying anything. Angie is saving money on soap. Yeah. And Angie is just stop, spending two hours in front of the mirror, so I can place like my eleven strings of hair just right so it would look good. Yeah. So. It's it's interesting. It's interesting having kids and then watching because they bring these trends home
1: yeah
0: I mean one of her friends uh, declared that she is they and them Mm. I said alright but this is how I found out about the they and them she came and spent the night with us and then she went back home the entire time I called her by her name And I had no reason to use any pronouns anyway because she's in front of me. And then Mm -hmm. when she wasn't in front of me, I had no reason to talk about her. Yeah. So, and then she goes home and Sarah spends an hour on the phone with the friend's mom. How mom is explaining her now her name is different and she is they and them. I was like, well... And then I just asked Savannah, I'm like What's happening? Well This is what she's doing I respect it I was like okay But she never brought it up to me The entire weekend She stayed here Mm. Maybe In In fear of Me going Well How well did you do With your previous name That you think the new name Is gonna Get you to places
1: She was shy about it
0: Right And and I, with with this whole name change, even like if you're not, if not a sexual ident identity, I have a thing about people changing their names. Because I always question it like, how well did you do with the first name that you think this other name is going to get you to places? Because all my life, I'm trying to improve this angry thing that's given to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe it's such a dramatic shift That they need a new name Like it's a rebirth almost I just don't believe it
0: (laughs) I'm not buying I mean Good for them I'm not sold on the idea Because Here's why I don't think that's the case Uh, Personal experience Look how many instruments are in this room Mm-hmm. I am not good at in any of them I can do a little bit on all of them minus the base
1: yeah it's going to say I mean minus the base farther but see that that,
0: that is to me a living proof is like the only way to excel in something is just sticking with it or else it's just A beginning of piano, beginning of guitar, beginning of flute, beginning of this. And then you just stay at this beginner level. So if I move from Engin tomorrow to Bob, how good is Bob? To, to, To demand respect for Bob, I have to rely on everything that Engin has done.
1: Yeah, that's that's very interesting with the name change thing. Like, I could see why someone would do it for a gender reason because. oh yeah, I, I
0: get it. I get it. Yeah, if you're moving. Because
1: if I'm Allison and I and I, but I've always felt like a boy, I wouldn't want my name to be Allison.
0: Yeah, you want to be Al. After yeah, <laughs> like
1: something that reflects who I am. No, so I, get I get that. that. Um, as far as the same gender changing the name I don't know it's it's interesting for and, sure but
0: by my example the first time this whole name changes came on my radar is long before these identity issues and topics just regular folk living their same life and then becoming or just declaring now this is my new name you still live in the same house. You still go to the same clubs. You still hang out with the same people. What's different?
1: Yeah, that's true. It's like if it coincides with a major shift in life, mm-hmm. It I could see how they would want to reflect that in their name change. But if it's literally the same thing, then it seems a little random. Like out of the blue, I yeah. guess. In,
0: in my past, I have more failures than successes. And ditching my failures, I don't think I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Because what if I don't get Bob where I dream to get Bob to? Then what? Then I'm like, oh I should've stuck with hanging. Or you live with that what if. What if I stuck with bass all the time? How good would I have been? Maybe I'll say that one day. And then you know what? God knows and Sarah knows how many times I've thought about Babe, why don't I just get rid of all the instruments?
1: And just like leave bass. Leave bass? Leave bass here. Oh I said I get rid
0: of everything else. And then she had, she goes, well, your friends come and play the piano. I'm like, true. Or your friends come and grab the other instruments, so you jam with them. I'm like, true. But then when you look at all these, like, virtuosos, all they have is that one. And they just, like, put everything in it. You know yes. and I think that isolation is in a way necessary like the lack of is necessary for focus
1: that's my thought process on um, not doing other forms of comedy other than the musical mm-hmm. it's kind of because I was doing gigs and I realized I don't have the repertoire to pull this off I mm-hmm like have to fill an hour with music i do not have that i don't know how i did it <laughs> um, oh, but that's
0: how it starts though.
1: yeah and but i it was a wake-up call to me like oh if i want to keep doing this i need to focus on it um so that's what i've been trying to do i beat myself up because i always want to be more disciplined and more focused but that's kind of my reasoning behind trying to hone in on one thing.
0: So you, you scored like an hour of piano gig.
1: Yeah. At, <laughs> at Fog Belt, when I was um, doing the accompaniment for Cody Smith's show,
0: mm-hmm. he'd
1: give me an hour before the show started just to play. Right. And I was not ready. I didn't have an hour's worth of music and I still don't. I'm working on it. Right. Um, Part of the reason I'm learning jazz is so that I could increase my repertoire, partially because I like jazz songs, but also because um, you can really uh, elongate them if you need to.
0: I'm going to text my neighbor, because that's the subwoofer we're hearing right now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, the Once you learn how to move through the changes like you'll be able to bring a uh see that's the beauty of the piano i always admire it just going over the chord changes you have then you can create hours of sound
1: that's the idea
0: and you can play any of those songs at any pace you want so they Mm -hmm. can all be ballads. because you're just looking at the chord changes and then once you get the melodies under your finger too, then, what twelve songs at three minutes, boom, yeah. that's one set, forty-five minutes ready to go. So, I think it's within reach for you.
1: Yeah, I think it totally is too. Um, I it's just like making sure I don't deviate from the plan. Um, and I was reading this book on mastery and What's they,
0: the writer's name?
1: Oh, no, I can't remember. I could text it to you Is later. Is it a piano player? No. Oh, okay. Um, it's someone that specializes in like economics and finance. And oh, stuff. okay. Um, but they have examples of musicians, artists, scientists, everything and they talk about how when you hone in on a niche and just um put your time into that niche um that's really when mastery happens um and sometimes it does mean sacrificing other interests um which never feels good but but then there is the counter argument that um everything enhances each other like there's all this Cross pollination that can happen that could be really beautiful too. So that would be the other side of the coin. Is like if you're too focused on one thing, you're maybe missing out on other ideas like of fusion and cross pollination and like you might, you might be playing piano. It gives you an idea for something to play on bass, or like vice versa.
0: And you know why I grabbed the flute right because I want to learn the Turkish. Scales, yes. And nobody's teaching those Turkish scales on a Western instrument.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then first I picked up the oud, which has the same string uh, organization as a bass because they're fourths apart. But then while I'm learning this, the my ma- maestro there says, "Well, all this is put together. You know, using nay as a base. I was like, "Well, then I'll go home." I'll go to the source. So here I am on a spiritual journey. And the beauty is, uh, the Ne is the closest thing to emulate the human voice. And any fretless instrument, like ud doesn't have frets, uh, the bass doesn't have frets or horn, like a, a trombone can actually do the human voice Really, oh, all those vibratos and whatnot, unlike a piano,
1: mm-hmm. right? It's
0: like this is the note, this is the next note, this right. is the next note, yeah. and uh, so it, it's it's a, and I'm now getting those sounds, internalizing the sounds in those scales, and then the, the, the solos that can take place in those scales, and with the bowing, it. I, I am now registering the parallels and it's making things a little bit more colorful or creating those little accent notes and the vibratos or the, uh, the little finger slaps to make it, you know, vibrate in a certain way, like it would be pronouncing a word in a song.
1: It's almost like you're creating your own new frontier. Right. It sounds like like this isn't a common thing, what you're doing at all.
0: That was the thing, right? Like, I'm carrying this thing around. I'm doing it. and then But what is my voice?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? You, you put any jazz song in front of me or any classical song in front of me or some sort of musical bass part, I'll read and play. No problem. And then if it's like a funk thing, I'll grab the electric and I'll just like rock it out. I got that. But then I... In, in all those, I'm a mouthpiece. I'm just like, some. it's like no different than my painting gig. There's no artistry to my painting gig. It's all technique and then making sure the house is painted well. And you can tell it's done when it's done. You do the touch-ups and everything, then it's complete. But then what is my voice? I'm not painting pictures, I'm painting walls. So what would it look like if I painted pictures with this bass? So hopefully, and I need to get savvy enough to be able to tell you, hey, can you do do these chords behind? And then I'll bow. So, and those are my dreams. Like a pianist will be my metronome basically the pianist will be counting the one, two, three, four, with the chord changes, while I'm doing whatever I'm doing on top of it.
1: That's awesome. That's totally a unique front.
0: Yeah, and then I share this with the masters uh, of the Turkish classical music in Turkey, and they were fascinated by this, because I said, look, if I show up to an open mic with one of these Turkish instruments, yeah, for that five minutes, I can grab their attention and it's something interesting. But nobody's gonna listen to these instruments for an hour or so because it becomes a little gooey, too, too like honey-like. It's not fluid enough to maintain the um, the attention. But if it comes from an instrument that they are familiar with, and I'm talking about the Western world, and then which is the bass, then it's more intriguing. Like there's a Tunisian uh, oud player, uh, Yusuf, Yusuf RF, I think his name, he plays jazz standards with that thing. Wow. And oh my God, the shows are amazing. Plus, they use all these like crazy Middle Eastern odd times, like they play in the 13s and 17s and just like weird, weird patterns. Weird if your ear is not used to it, but groovy because he does it so well. So he can capture the uh, like we went to his show up here in uh, Hillsborough two years ago, in June, 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 July, something like that. June first week of June, the Hillsborough Jazz Festival, and uh, he was the final act. Before he hit intermission, he had two standing ovations.
1: Wow!
0: Right, like magic. Magic. So, hopefully, I'll have the life and the energy to create the magic. Right? Because performing needs energy.
1: Mm-hmm. So. It takes an incredible amount of energy. Even just practicing for 30 minutes takes oh an incredible amount of energy.
0: Like when we play those um, shows at the theater, <clears throat> the evening shows. My sleep pattern completely goes out the window because you perform from seven to eleven, and even you just rush home. You don't hang out and to have drinks with the other musicians. Yeah, you are so fired up. You don't go to sleep till three.
1: Absolutely, you're like
0: stimulated to the nth limit. But you're drained, you're tired physically, you're tired, but your brain is still going bzzz. there's no sleeping in that unless you curb it with weed and dump a bunch of alcohol in it then was that's one of the one of the main reasons why musicians use alcohol
1: because mm-hmm. they want
0: to go to sleep and then they ruin the following day, and then yeah. once it becomes a habit, remember we talked about this like uh. You said you had felt so good after you had one beer and got on stage. Mm-hmm. And I said, be careful with that. Yeah. You know, once you create these vices and routines, then it it can lead to, well, one beer wasn't enough. Maybe I need to do two beers before mm-hmm. I get on the stage. The next thing you know, I need seven beers and then it's a hot mess on stage.
1: Yes. It's like, I definitely got into a bad habit of drinking while at open mics because I'd be like in a zone where like I'd feel good I'm performing people maybe buy me drinks and which makes it even more difficult because I'm not taking the initiative to go get it people right. are bringing it right to me and I just and then I got the wet reckless right and um that was, and then, after I got the wet reckless, um, did everything sober, totally sober, like every open mic, every show, everything. How did I, those feel? Um good, right? Yeah, they didn't. It wasn't like, oh, i I don't like this. It was like this is how it should be. And um, yeah, so when things open back up, I'm gonna stick with that, just sober the whole. Sober the whole time. I'm, I'm weeding
0: myself off of, like I'm, like actually, like it was an effort to. Like I'm doing all my practices sober. And then I'm doing all my writing sober. I'm still writing, and you know Dang. what? Encourage me. The. The, six minutes I did, at Levi's. Thing was a written Planned out set Actually it was supposed to be A solid Five minutes And he said I'm giving you seven So I have to kind of like Lean into it And kind of like Kind of relax a little bit Which was actually awesome Because I didn't have to go You know one after another But it had a It got a good reaction Even like Our Our Comic friends gave me positive feedback. And, uh, but that wasn't enough. I took the same set and I made the trip to Alameda comedy. I did it there to an audience that has never seen me before. Cause Levi's open mic was half the crowd was just us. Yeah. And then half the crowd was, although it was quite crowded, even though in, the, in those half-halves, it was fun to make my peers laugh. It was fun to make the audience laugh. But I'm like, okay, let's see if this is going to work over there. And then I, I had a positive response there, too. Then, boom, the shutdown came. The, the, the heavy one came for the holidays that gave me that extra hope where now I come up with not I don't come up with stories I just tell a story of mine and try to make it funny yeah right because my brain doesn't like I, I'm i working with a writer in Turkey to rewrite his book that he wrote in English I in Turkish so I'm trying to Translate adapted to English. Oh, cool. He doesn't want a translation, he wants the adaption of it. So he wants the like slang to translate mm. into
1: because so, if it's just a translation, it'd be won't, too dry. It, yeah,
0: and then uh, he read this one pa- passage. I have the book that all that stack of paper is his book, so I'm going through that right now. And he read a passage for me. Because I wanted to hear him read one of the passages so I could also like get the feeling of what he really means. And it's such a good, well put together section and it talks about um, a teenager's struggle with his parents. And not in a negative way, but the struggle of, yeah, my parents love me for because I'm their kid but they don't love me who I really am. Like, they love me because they gave birth to me. But they don't really know me. They don't know what fuels... So that was the thing. So
1: does he hide certain parts of himself from his parents?
0: Well, the thing I'm going... Where I'm going is, after he read it, I was like, wow, dude, like, there's, like, I... That's my childhood. And he goes... That's not my childhood. I completely made that up. I he just like through empathy he wrote that piece. That wasn't his childhood. He goes, "I'm not the I'm not the star of this show." And and it made me realize, "Oh, my brain doesn't work like that." Like I cannot come up with a character and then dress that or maybe I'm not motivated. Not that I can't. I'm, sh- I'm sure I can.
1: Like we talked about. It's right. within your reach, but you'd have to put in the time and right. energy. He
0: created that character, dressed it up, gave it accessories, made it to walk to places, and then described the places that character walked to. And it's that's a writing skill set. that what, what makes maybe a professional writer a writer. They can just like write about anything. They don't have to necessarily draw from within. I draw from within. And then one day if I run out of stories, then then maybe I'll start making things up. But it was a, it was a strange realization cuz I always thought that's how everybody wrote.
1: You know me too. I know people Would embellish things and, you know, change details, but I always thought it was more of, like, based on personal experience. Right. So that's impressive that it rang true to you, even though that wasn't his experience. Right,
0: and he even said, like, I'm not even in somebody's shoes that I know. He said, this was as a result of a couple of glasses of drink and a joint, and then I'm like, all right, what would a teenager would do, kind of... He just took off like that and wrote that beautiful, well put together. And you get, he like, he described almost every emotion of like, did my parents marry each other because they were in love with one another? Or did they marry each other because the clock was ticking and they like the social pressure of like, okay, I need to be married to somebody. One of them thinks I need to have a husband and a kid, the other one thinks I need to have a wife and a kid. Or was it a fruit of love? And now you have this kid. How much do you love that kid? You love that kid because it's yours. But then, you know, uh, do you know your kid? Made me think about what we talked about, about like, you know, Savannah and Asena. Like, I hope I don't kill their creativity in order to see maybe what I didn't get to do. That's... It's interesting that, like... And Clubhouse meet, by the way. That I, is was, the, I was going to yeah, ask... That, that's that the free you... of Clubhouse. Cause, uh, we, I'm
1: going to... As soon as I get home, I'm going to download I'll
0: Clubhouse. Send, I'll send you an invite. I'll send you an invite. I have a couple of extra ones. And then... Uh, but I didn't want to just... I, I knew you would be into it to just, like, check it out. And... Because uh, you enjoy... Like from my first experience onwards with you, you're not... Yeah, you are shy, but you're also interested in people. Yes. You know? And uh, so this is a good outlet. Plus you hear the person's voice. So you, in a way, you can tell um, if someone is just like putting their good foot forward or they're actually genuinely sharing their experience, their outlook of life.
1: I try. I could tell, and I do it. So I could tell when it's more of a canned answer versus coming from the heart. What
0: would you call that?
1: A canned answer.
0: A canned, like canned, like a yeah. canned pickle? Yeah. <laughs> okay, canned I mean, That's a good I, one.
1: I have some of those. Like, when I don't feel safe enough to express my true authentic self. You
0: just reach for the canned answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, sometimes when I'm first getting to know people, or if I perceive someone is maybe being judgmental, on it, I'm just going to be honest, I might give them a canned answer. Oh, we. I think we all do that. Yeah. We just go, ta-da! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is your
0: answer. Exactly. I'll entertain I, you for five minutes, then I'm going to be like, who would you look at the time? Uh, gotta go exactly
1: and I think it's like society is becoming less judgmental I think I think or hope (laughs) but um, I think it's still it's hard to be authentic sometimes I think
0: oh of course Uh, recently I got hip to an idea I don't like the corporate world. I don't like how it functions. And the primary reason is in the corporate world, it has your success of moving forward or higher has nothing to do. It's not positively correlated to how hard you work Mm -hmm. and how you can outrun out, jump out, climb your peers it's simply if the middle management likes you or not. Totally. And, I, and I, know, I know what I'm made out of. I know they don't like me. I always knew they didn't like me. And they didn't like me because I was the... And since school, I always raised my hand in the class... When the teacher was inconsistent,
1: mm. so you challenge authority,
0: you know, but just like I'm, I want the truth, though, like that's it, that's my only motivation. Not like point out at how bad you are at your job, it's just like, okay, you said this, but now you're saying this. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Because you're giving me one information and I'm gonna work with that information. And while I'm working with that information, all of a sudden, now the goal post moved 10 feet to the left. Is this gonna move again? Because I'm practicing the kick through that goal post, but now you just moved it. Now I have to rotate, change my technique, calculate the wind differently, so that's my motivation. That has always been with my motivation. But any of that middle management, which is a teacher, which is middle management in corporation, they it hits them in the core. Their ego gets hurt, and in the middle management uh, examples, it's worse because November they fire 70 people. And then come January, the same person who announced 70 people getting fired stands in front of you at a company meeting to tell you, the company's doing great, I'm very confident with our numbers moving forward. Is there
1: so much BS?
0: Man, you just took 70 families lunch money. And then now you're going to stand there to tell me how comfortable you are. I have a problem with that. Somebody's not telling me the truth. Like this whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. Evidently, everybody's dying from COVID. Nobody's dying from anything else. Nobody's talking about the suicide uh, numbers skyrocketing.
1: I do have to say Trump did talk about that. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I. Oh, he it did spill the beans. Yeah, it resonated with me when he did talk about the suicides. hmm Um. He
0: did few things. Few few things. Right. One of them was he he pointed out. Look, look at yeah. They're talking about all this thing. Look at the death rate. That's the most important thing. I'm not afraid of a virus who kills less than one percent. We're not afraid of viruses that kills 10% of the time as we speak.
1: So what do you, did you hear about what happened in Texas this week? They
0: just opened it.
1: Yeah, I was just wondering what your thoughts were about My thoughts is, I've been
0: looking at Florida. Yeah. Florida opened, you know, Florida closed for the first two weeks when we first closed the curb. Was it the, the slow down the curve? Or whatever the you phrase is, Flatten was. the curve. Flatten yeah. the curve. They only closed for those two weeks. And then, poof. They went back to normal. And they've been going back to normal. And people will yell at you. Well, they have so most cases. But, uh, my... Asena's mom went to Florida recently. A few months ago. And she came out like, they're living. It's not like... And it's not like people are like dead people on the street or anything, nothing like that. Nothing like that. And I want to question, remember at the very, very beginning, they showed an image of like, bunch of coffins being buried, mass burial. Do you recall that? At the very, very beginning of the, in New York or somewhere in the surroundings, like- Oh
1: yeah, 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 like they couldn't keep up with the bodies.
0: I think that was also bullshit to scare people. Because if that was the death rate where you have to like mass bury people, perhaps mass bury, burial is happening to a place like New York where you have bunch of bunch of homeless people living underground without any relatives and this and that. And when you have high population, people die. People die. And if they don't have anyone to take them, For me, that level of mass burial is not a practical solution. Cremation is a much easier way to go about things. If like a body not claimed by anybody, cremated. So now, so Florida has been open. Now, Texas is going to prove us wrong. And these, I've been screaming this out loud. Like everybody, I can't speak to fear. It's very, very difficult to speak to fear. Like, if you're afraid of spiders, me telling you not to be afraid of spiders is not going to help you. Because you're afraid of spiders. But then you can watch me, you know, cup a spider with a glass and then slide a paper underneath it and take it outside and throw it away. And maybe, and maybe, in time... I can convince you to use those practices. Like, Savannah, terrified by spiders. Asena will grab a spider by the hand. Right? Two different approaches. Because I didn't go, spiders around her. But I have also taught Savannah how to now cup a spider, slide a paper underneath it, take it outside. Sometimes she throws the glass and everything with the spider. But she's one step closer to the whole spider thing. Now, that's my example to, you can't speak to fear, but I cannot ignore, the math is not adding up on any of this. Why can't we go to all these Targets and Costco's and whatnot, but the poor uh, restaurant cannot host anybody?
1: Yeah, you know, I. We're all touching the same there, stuff. Like, we're it's... all touching the same stuff all
0: the time. Going in and out of, we're touching knobs, we're touching products, we're touching all the stuff. Do you ever buy fruit without squeezing things? No. You squeeze things. Sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. You leave it, you move to the next one.
1: Yeah, it's like. It's hard too because it feels like if you are um, questioning. Um, like, is this the right way to go about it? You're um, an asshole. You're an asshole, and you're ignorant. <sighs> right. So, that's, but that's
0: such a Sebastopolian approach to things.
1: Yeah, you're. Um, that's the. And supremacy. did you hear about um, Joe Biden what he said about the governor of Texas? No. So the governor of Texas lifted the mandate, mm-hmm. and um, Biden said it was a Neanderthal decision. So, it, it's it's again. That was I didn't like how he used that I, term. Yeah,
0: I used I uh, I just learned a phrase in English, security theater. The the phrase security theater is this is what they're doing. This, California is doing a security theater. After nine eleven, they did a security oh, theater. Oh, I see what
1: you're saying. Right,
0: it's all smoke and mirrors to do other things. Now, I don't know what it is in a certain pattern, they do this like health scare. It's in a pattern, like the swine flu, the bird flu, like it comes in waves. Big Pharma is making so much money from all this at global levels. Yeah. All the founders, all the headquarters, most of the headquarters of these big farm are in the U.S. And they are some of the largest political endorsers. Yeah. So China has been open for a long time. China has been functioning for a long time. So it's, it's, it's an opportunity... Uh, What is it I think it was Churchill Who said that Don't waste a Good crisis Or something along that line I'm paraphrasing it Like That's what they're taking A complete advantage of And um, We've never heard uh, About uh, Like Michigan Being Being the highest corona cases in our news right
1: i have never heard that
0: right but i spoke to a turkish dude who lives in michigan two days ago and they are being told that that's the case so locally the news agencies like each like california gets it california has it worse and then in michigan they talk about michigan has it worse but mm-hmm. we don't hear about Michigan. They don't hear about California. Everybody's just like doing their own uh, scenario to support the narrative. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, it's. I' I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what to think. At this point, I'm confused. Is what I am, and.
0: Everybody's I, confused.
1: Yeah, I'm confused. Um, I do have to say, I think it's good to, um, manage the health concerns, but also the economic concerns are.
0: Everybody says like, it's going to bounce back, but how are those, so many businesses closed? They couldn't hang. Yeah. They couldn't hang. And it makes me sad so many musicians and artists Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it it, it's not right and they're just doing it that way but like in time and this is what what another thing politicians rely on how forgetful the crowd is I don't know if you were paying attention to the politics when we went into Iraq for the reason I
1: was of, young but yeah
0: for the for the reason of they have mass weapons of destruction yeah and Iraq at, right before the deadline they said okay send in your inspectors to check it out we still went in
1: yeah
0: we didn't send in the inspect and at the end of all after they killed Saddam and all that they declared No mass weapon of this... Not even a sign. People forgot about that. And went to vote for these assholes again.
1: Yeah.
0: So people forget. People forget. Like, I'm I'm a little doubtful about the 9-11 thing. Like, if it's true, how does a paper passport of the perpetrator survive and found in the rubble of the trade centers.
1: Did you hear about this was some video I saw and I don't know the source so I don't know how credible it is but how people were called the day before 9/11 oh, yeah. oh, don't yeah. go to work tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um there's some, no no yeah. no
0: major executives died that day.
1: And it's like, I think it's the mob mentality that really is the scary part. Like, I hats off to you for being able to kind of challenge people on social media. Um, I don't have that strength. I don't want to be attacked by the mob. Because
0: (laughs) because I cannot, I don't agree with this because your entry point to this topic was... Like with the COVID, if you question it, if you question it, you're deemed something.
1: Ignorant, yeah.
0: Ignorant, um, even to hate speech, being reckless, all sorts of stuff.
1: Neanderthal.
0: Neanderthal. Same thing happened to me when I was in school when I just challenged, questioned the inconsistencies. Oh, Engen disturbs the order. I'm, I don't. I just asked a question. And you don't have an answer. And you refuse to back trail. And fix... Fix the mistake. Fix the mistake. That's the only way we can move forward. But nobody's... nobody's um, Nobody's taking responsibility on the mistake and nobody's making an attempt to make the mistake. They try to cover a mistake with a lie. Uh, Late Patrice O'Neill had once said, only the liars don't like me. First time I've ever heard that, I'm like, it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. Because if it, If they weren't lying, then they wouldn't get so um, scared, so nervous, like, stop talking. (laughs) And then
0: the liars are the ones who constantly speak of integrity and the, the whole high and mighty about things. No, no, no. The guy who showed up in front of the company to say, I'm feeling comfortable and confident about the company after firing seventy people. Will never admit to that fuck up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: dude. Had you you were like high top management? Had you done your job right? Those seventy jobs would be in place.
1: I see it in when I worked in nursing homes. It was always like, we do what's best for the residents. The residents come first. The residents, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then you see how they tried to get by with as little staff as possible. Cutting corners so they can increase the profit. Exactly. Um, Paying us workers not very much and then uh, just like not being able to justify having proper staff like they they um basically were like you can handle it and we were like we can't handle it we have too many people we're responsible for and
0: another thing is what is that you can handle it Mm and i have bills what do you mean you can handle it yeah or you can do this for the company yeah fuck you and your company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's my and that's why I'm just like battling. It's not a battle, actually, I recommended. I have my own business. Yes. You know? On my bio in LinkedIn it says CEO of my life.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it just and it's manageable. It's manageable. And I don't care if I don't wear a Rolex. Yeah. I don't care if I don't go to Hawaii for vacation. My life is a vacation.
1: Yeah, that's how I see it. I I haven't traveled much, but I I think travel is very valuable. But um, I also think there's an elitist aspect to it sometimes.
0: Well, the elitist, because they don't want to lose their status, they don't want to lose the workforce.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: look, every time some... That's that's another thing that bugs me the most. Every time someone who's in charge wants to convince the working class into something, that's when they lean on God and the book and all that stuff. They talk about loyalty. They talk about integrity. And it's just... B.S. B.S. And that's why they don't like me. That's why I, for eight years, I hung numbers on the board annually. And no one will ever be able to do that single-handedly in that company's history. No one has done it. No one will ever do it. Because it takes a certain Way of operating, and all I asked for was help me. But every time I asked help me, it they had to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had to go to work, and they were they are not interested in working. And finally, two years before they let me go, my boss had told me, "Well, Inge, maybe you should consider." switch into a different company I'm like I'm not quitting you guys are gonna have to fire me I want my paid vacation yeah I'm not going anywhere and I just like managed it from here so uh, you know it's it's time and I hope people don't forget. That's the thing. Like the question was, what do I think about Texas opening this and that? Mm-hmm. This is all it's going to show that this was just BS. Or they just blew it up so they can see. Those vaccines, it's claimed that uh, they're free. Nothing is free. There's no free trip to Hawaii. You pay for it. Somebody pays for it. Whether whether it's tax dollars or X, Y, Z, somebody pays for it. So, um, tests. They say it's free. Nothing is free. How are those people getting paid that are implementing the tests? Just start there the staffing of that. Then you need to produce enough test tubes. Then you need to create the staffing to test what's in the test tubes. Then you need to uh, pay the staff that sends out the results. I had two inconsistent uh, tests.
1: Oh really? So you took the COVID test Mm
0: -hmm. because in order to go to Alaska, Alaska mandated that you had a seventy-two within seventy-two hours, You you were supposed to be tested, but they weren't interested in uh, the result. All you had to do is be pending. Then later, I I, that's very interesting. (laughs) There are so many loose ends to the procedure that says this is B.S. I have to pee. Okay. So, why don't you talk for a few minutes. Tell where people can find you and all that beautiful stuff.
1: All right. (laughs) So, if you're listening to this podcast and you are interested in finding me, my, uh, not Twitter, my Instagram is probably the best place and it is my name. It is A-L-L-I-E-O-L-E-J-N-I-C-Z-A-K. And that is my Instagram username. And if you want to DM me on there, if you are listening to this and you have anything you want to chat with me about, you can go ahead and DM me on my Instagram. And... I admittedly have to pee as well. So, just gonna bide the time right now. And. Are you done? Oh, yeah. Okay, I have to pee too. Okay, go for (laughs) it. I was just talking about my Instagram. If they want to reach me, they can follow me on Instagram.
0: Yes. I was at the limits, and uh, I had to go. I think we're gonna talk a little bit more. We're well over two hour and change and I love Alio. It's just she her if you got if you haven't seen her stage performance, do catch up with her. I would highly recommend that. And as you see that that kind of is refreshing to hear that people People want to ask questions. It's great to hear that people want to ask questions. It is sad to hear that people uh, are afraid to ask questions because they're going to be ridiculed by this whole mob mentality. And I can't. I it's just it. It even feels funny. To use the mob mentality because mob is nobody, these people are nobody, they have zero effect on your life. And well, and what do you gotta lose if you ask a question? Well, perhaps you work for a company and uh, and you are afraid to lose your job if you question, and it's 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 sad that they are controlling people in this fashion and um uh, it it doesn't match to my american dream because i come from a country where if you if you even talk about freedom of speech you would you would be crucified you can do jail time uh just two comedians recently were uh, they were acquitted because they were being charged for insulting the president. Could you imagine, hey listen to you mob, how much you have insulted the previous president Donald Trump? What would have happened to you if you were living in Turkey? Or now people who are insulting Biden and his doings, what would you happen what would happen to you if you were living in Turkey? they would put you in jail. At least they would have you uh, come to the courtroom and waste your precious time and life. So it's, um, we need to be more, we need to be more careful. We need to be more careful. We need to be more careful and we need to just ask questions. We shouldn't be afraid of asking questions because somebody's gonna yell at you. Who the hell are they to yell at you? We need to teach confidence at school, not going with the flow of the masses in order to be liked. I don't know how I became the way I became. I don't know, maybe it was my dad. He lived his truth. He lived his truth to the max, and uh, just—it's sad to see that people are afraid to ask questions. I was Alio is back. Um, I was just talking about how it was great to hear that you have questions, but you do not have the energy to. Not ask them, but then you, the the environment has put you off so much. You don't want to deal with that. You don't want to deal with people just like coming at you, just asking a reasonable question. Correct. And uh, the mob mentality, and I just talked about like, who is this mob? (laughs) Who are they? And what kind of an effect do they have on your life? I can see if you're working for the corporate world, which, like, that was the thing. You had to uh, pull out the can dancer in the corporate world so you don't lose your job. You know, the uh, terrible company called Sports Basement, uh, they hired me and they were my number one account for eight years when I was working for the corporate. After our departure, they hired me to manage the Santa Rosa, uh, Santa Rosa location here. I worked for them for two months. I hired them a kick-ass bike shop team. I helped them build the bike shop from scratch, like all the carpentry and plumbing and everything. And. I went to that Fresno State Afro-Cuban studies for two weeks. Came back. And the general manager of the store pulled me aside and said, And people don't feel comfortable working with you. So we're going to let you go. And I said, Is it a female? Because this was in 2017. So the height of the Me Too mm-hmm. era. And uh, she goes, No, it's just both sexes. I said, then could you, for my own improvement, could you please tell me, uh, like what I did wrong? Don't I get to defend myself? Like what is the case here? No. They gave me two weeks pay, and I'm like, well, it's interesting times for me, and I just left. And it was like almost one of the part of the darker parts of my life during that time too. I was like, I didn't want to deal with it. And later I thought about this, the general manager of that store, either is or was at the time, is an African-American lady. And she looked at me in the eye and said, I'm not obligated to tell you what went on. We're just going to let you go. Now, if I had the wits that I have now... I would look at her in the eye and I would love to have the opportunity to look at her in the eye and say like, how would your ancestors feel executing somebody without trial? You're not giving me the case. You're not telling me what I did wrong and you have a verdict in place already. Do you know how many times that happened to your ancestors? Before you became a general manager of a shitty multi-sports outfitter? Shame on you. That's what I would love to tell her into her face. Damn. (laughs) Because it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I mean, you
1: do have the right to know what you did wrong.
0: They never told me. And I even... uh, In written, I reached out to HR and I said, like, can I please find out? And... They are hiding the very person. The owner is Jewish. They got executed without trial. The general manager is black. They got executed without trial in the past. And both of them are hiding behind the oppressor's rules, which is right to work state. I would love to be able to just like... cause. If I wrote them a, I mean, I did write them a juicy email. And, and juicy meaning it was it had good language. It didn't have uh, any vulgar language. Just pointing out, like, dude, I made you guys. Before I met, before I became your account manager uh, for Sports Basement, you guys were just the four stores in the Bay Area that I put. My bikes in your store and put you guys on the map as as a legitimate place. Bicycles are your number one, uh, what is it, revenue. You grew with me. I created so many opportunities and I fought for you guys. You guys know me, but you guys won't even have the decency to tell me what was the case that people got uncomfortable with me. I know exactly what the cases were. But it would be a guesswork. I would love... But no. No defense. No nothing. And that's the mob thing that happened to me in 2017. I mean, hell with them. I'm much happier now. Nobody tells me what to do.
1: Yeah, I think you're in the right situation Right. right now.
0: And with that, I wanted to also... Like, raising the girls... I want them to be in an environment that they are considered as a good human being. And if not, I want I would love to teach them to if you don't like what's going on here, don't try to change that. Go create a world that you'd like to have. And I think that is that is the outline of the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's where most of us, all of us, us immigrants come out here to fulfill that. We come out here so because we cannot, we're not allowed to create the world that we wish to live in, in our own home country. And it's possible in the States. And I'm the living proof of that. And there are so many of us out there. Like most of the immigrants don't work for anybody.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The, at least that I've noticed a lot of immigrants own businesses. Yeah,
0: because the corporate language is same across the globe. It's the same BS. Human Resources Department is not there to look after you. They're there to look after the well-being of the company and make sure you don't sue them.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: So, but it's good to hear that you have questions. I know many have questions. And I don't want to be a hero. Like, I have no interest in being a hero, but I don't mind asking the questions. Because I know what, like, sticks and stones.
1: Totally. And I'm trying to get to a point in my life where I'm not afraid of the backlash as much, um, mm-hmm. getting to a point where I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter what anyone says, um, and not being afraid of the mob, um, mentality, um, but I'm not really there yet, <laughs> but it's a journey. Oh yeah.
0: And like Sarah questions it, like, why do you get into these debates with people? I'm like, number one, I don't get into a long debate with anyone that I have not met before. People I get into these long debates with, I know them. Because I have like all sorts of people on my social media that's there that I have never met before. If some of, one of them says something obscene and I've never met you before, I'll just give it a thumbs up and just move on. Yeah. But if, 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 if it's someone that I worked with. If it's someone that I spent time with, they come at me with that, like, you need to educate yourself. I'm like, who the hell are you, you little punk, to Tell me to educate myself? You haven't even finished your own education. And I've been on earth at least 20 years more than you have. On the top of it, I've been in different countries. All you know is Sonoma County. And then you're going to just, like, have this backhand uh, comment of, uh, you need to educate yourself. And then you're going to post, like, some clips that you found on YouTube. Like, if you want to back your story up, back your story up with your words. But I take pride in um, only engaging with those who I know. If I don't know you, I don't care. Again, sticks and stones.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Words can't hurt me. I've been called over the over this lockdown. I've been called everything under the sunlight. You know, the racist, homophobe, whatever else, all these things. I'm saying, like, yeah, it won't stick. It won't stick. Racist. I'm an immigrant. Homophobe. I'm not afraid of anybody. Nazi, nope, I can't be, I'm not white. White supremacist, I'm not white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like all these things, I'm none of those things. Yeah. I'm a dude who moved here from Turkey, who has a family. So, and you know, often now I'm, I'm a little bit more on the side of, like, I'll just post and then walk away. Yeah. Walk away. And then, uh...
1: I want to get to the point that you're at that people could hurl those any names at me and I'm, like, I don't care. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. To live, be able to live so authentically that I know people will... Come at me, and hurl those insults at me, and I'll be able to be like whatever. That's a goal I have for sure.
0: You know it was so hard, and it, it 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 always is when somebody's coming at you. How many times I repeat myself? That's that's not me. That's not me. Who they're talking about is not. It's almost like a meditative practice. Yeah. Because, you know, over the course of my open mic trials, people came at me and said a bunch of things.
1: I came at you once. It's okay. But here we are. Right. We it, survived. It,
0: it, it's okay. Exactly. It's okay. It's okay. And people sometimes feel hot and heavy and stuff. And then, But it's, it, it, it was my practice to go like nothing happened nothing happened i just said some dumb shit on the stage for 5 minutes it got a reaction out of somebody wasn't my intent necessarily but that's how it went and um and you know i copy a lot of phrases from people who have said it a lot better than i I can't, because English is my fourth language. And Bill Burr, in one of his specials, he says something, and then one of the audience members makes it weird. And he goes, you see what happens? Like, I say something, it goes out of my mouth, and then it no longer belongs to me. The person who hears it cuts it with whatever else they have in their brain, and then in, in reply, they say whatever they say. Mm-hmm. I can't help that. And I can't even calculate that. Because I have no idea what's in your brain. What are you cutting that with? Yeah. No idea. And I'm trying. like, Yeah, I hope to be funny. Some of them work. Some of them completely go to places where I was like, well, I didn't see that coming. Because I have every open mic that I have ever done recorded.
1: Wow. (laughs)
0: Every one of them. Even my 20 minutes uh, at uh, Spanky's where that dude was like almost on the stage just like harassing me for 20 minutes. We nearly got into it. And, oh, uh, I miss Spanky's. I know, so weird. I miss it. I miss it. I miss, <laughs> it. I miss it terribly. And I always saw this enormous potential of that place because it could be, it could be that seedy boxing gym, you know, yeah. like you know, you could just come and do anything you want. But again, people, we abused it. We abused it, but like I abused it. And everybody else abused it. Although the blame was put on, and Levi and I, we laugh at it. Like, we, we are the ones, the blame that things got canceled.
1: It got canceled before, though.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. You weren't
1: the first time. Sure. That incident wasn't the first sure. time. <laughs> and
0: it was funny when uh, Levi was bringing me up to stage for that open mic that I talked about. Uh, he goes, Oh, yeah. Uh, some would say that were the reasons why Spanky's open mic got closed. But for us, we feel like it was a bonding session for us. We're better friends for it. And there's Indian, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And we're, 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 we are well over it. And uh, and I don't see, like I was talking to Ferdinand and he said, it is possible it can come back. Because we all, this, this gap, we all look back. And I have more fond memories of the spankies than bad memories.
1: Oh, totally.
0: Like 99% it's good memories for me. And then, pff, 1% of like someone is just having a bad day and needed a hug, you know? Including me. It, 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 it happens. We're human. And plus, that environment is such a vulnerable environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: we just put, cause what we would try there, we wouldn't try it anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I feel so comfortable at Spanky's, like feeling like it is a safe space, which is ironic because, <laughs> yeah, so many people <laughs> say it's not a safe space, but I always felt like it was a safe space right. for me, and I know other women who are like, I won't go to Spanky's. Um, because they don't treat women well there, but I had, I didn't have that experience. Granted, yeah, some guys said something. Neither did Camille. To, yeah, neither did Camille. See,
0: people who perform well, it's just like such a, I don't have the I, I, the, I can't recall the vocabulary for it, but like, it's not a, like a, the comedy or the stage performance doesn't have a gender. It's whether you can do it or you can't.
1: Yeah. Like, and
0: if I'm looking forward to what Camille or you are going to say on stage, I don't see a female artist. I see Camille and I see Alio.
1: Granted, I have bombed there many times. <laughs> but I just, I have had some comments from men there that aren't good, but... I could say that about anywhere.
0: Yeah, but but then how well those men were doing.
1: Yeah, and for me, that doesn't ruin Spanky's for me. No, no. If anything, I'm like, I'm going to deal with that how I'm going to deal with that, but I'm still going to come back to Spanky's.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, the people who did not feel safe
1: are the ones who didn't do well at
0: all. I'm comfortable to say that. (laughs) Like, I'm so comfortable. Like, you didn't do well at all. Like, I get on, off, on, off, because we're all trying, right? Yeah. Like, let's see if this is going to work. Like, none of your stuff works. Like, you meaning, like, the person who feels not safe there, none of your stuff has ever worked. Yeah. The energy you brought to the stage wasn't attractive. An attraction has nothing to do again with the female male thing. I'm not pumped to see you up there.
1: Well, I think if people come into Spankies and they're like, Oh, I'm too good for this place, they're not gonna do well. No. And I've never and a, pe- a lot of people have the attitude, especially like even male men have the attitude, I'm too good for spankies. But I've never had that attitude because I'm like spankies is where you Get better, and then you can do your fancy gigs.
0: Oh yeah! Don't shit on spankies, like yeah. they just
1: like because.
0: Here's another thing, spankies fit my schedule perfectly. Oh like yeah, Monday night. Monday nights were the actually for the longest time till I sorted out my custody uh, situation for Asena. I always had Monday nights because. I always had Asena every weekend at that time to accommodate her mom's work schedule. I always had Asena every weekend for the first two years of Asena's life. And then Monday was my Sunday, in a way. Because Mondays, for the past... Since 2008, I never left home for work on Mondays. I just did office work to set the week up, to set the following week up. Because I always believe, like, if that table is not messy, that means I'm ahead of the game. And then the rest of the days, I belong to the world, like, wherever I need to be, whatever I need to do. Um, Yeah, no, spankies, uh, I think it will come back. Right before the lockdown, I was talking to the Dirty. Dirty Dan P. No, no, Dirty, uh, the bar.
1: Oh, I'm not familiar.
0: It's off of Mendocino. Okay. It's all blacked out and they had a like a very colorful menu. Oh,
1: is it on Mendocino but super close to 4th Street kind of? Yeah. I think I know what it's you're
0: like talking about. It's like a corner about. shop-ish. Corner to an alley kind of. Um, like right next to it is the smoke shop, whatnot. So I met the owner through one of my just social friends. And he was like, man, I want, like, a no-boundary comedy open mic. I'm like, I know just the people.
1: <laughs> Sign me up.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I know just the people. But then we got the lockdown. Now I see they put a bunch of tents in the backyard. So they're getting functional again. So I'm going to go up there and say, hey, man, you remember me? See if we can puzzle something together. You it, it would work great. Like, I'd love to do, like... A Wednesday night, you know. Totally, I'll be there. And I want to do like a late one, like starts at nine. Okay. Yeah, cause let people get lubed up, and then let people take like if if you if like as a parent, the girls go to bed around nine, then I can leave the house after I tuck them in.
1: Oh, that. So makes I'm sense. like
0: thinking for myself too.
1: Well, if you're running it, you know it has to work for you,
0: right? And then also like the host as a host, God bless Nate, man. You know, Nate moved to San Diego or he's like, he's about to. I saw him a few times.
1: No. Oh yeah. I saw him. I had no idea. Yeah.
0: I saw him a few times and he's, he's like. He's buff. He's beefcake now. Like, he's been working out, trimmed and everything. And That's the like, story of Nate
1: He gets younger and younger. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yes.
1: That's the way... He, like, I swear, when I met him, he looked older. Like, now he looks like the age he would have been when I met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and he, he's in a good place. And I think he, f- he found, like, a good foothold in San Diego. Okay. So, uh... I had invited him for the Valentine's party, and he said, "Dude, I'm just about to move, so I'm just like packing my bags and stuff, so I'm gearing up for that." And like, good luck, Godspeed. Um, but w- he was a—I don't care what people say about Nate. He was always a great host. I agree, and he's funny
1: yeah I agree
0: right but like in he's also like the poster child of uh being held back by gatekeepers in the world of comedy yeah because Nate has great sets he has, well like, so maybe much...
1: in the South in Southern California maybe he could no one knows him right. there
0: He can just so. like, not make the same mistakes or not get into the same I mean Nate is gonna be Nate. But you would, you...
1: he's a way more approachable now. And like, if I hadn't known him and I met him now, I'd be like, wow, what a great guy! Like, what a, um, he's funny, like, good host, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. so I think if he starts in a new place, like, oh, yeah, he'll do well. And plus,
0: maybe not having the responsibility to host, he'll just like show up to open mics and just yeah. prove, prove people, look, I can do this.
1: Totally, because there's definitely a stigma about Spankies, and he was what- who was running Spankies. Yeah. And- and then in addition to that, I think when he started, he was- he was just like really controversial with his material, which is fine, but there's certain people that didn't like how he was controversial, and then that never went away. There, First impression of him was negative and then it kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, my, 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 uh, what is it? The, uh, my, my carry in the mind was always Carrie.
1: Oh yeah. yeah Carrie. If, if,
0: if, if I'm making Carrie laugh, I'm good. And she has never told me, don't, don't tell that joke ever again. So that was my,
1: gauge. and she'll she'll respond. She'll
0: she'll she'll definitely give you feedback if she likes something or she doesn't like something. She always gave the feedback like, "Hmm, that joke that Tibor tells, tell him not to say it again." I'm yeah, like, no problem. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, because she's the queen that night. You know, she can
1: yeah. hold her own in this space. Like totally. she's a good role model, I think, for oh, females yeah. because she's like existing in the space and. Is owning her her space
0: right, and she commands it, Mm -hmm. which is awesome.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm like, well, she's the boss. Yeah, Nate is the host, but I only push it like close enough. I never got a frown from her, so you know, and that was for me. That was good, good enough. And it, but the refreshing thing was, like, my learning, once I went to some other uh, open mics with my material, that gave me confidence. Yeah. Where you don't know, because, like, sometimes, say, at Spanky's, right when you get up, half the room will just go outside to smoke weed. Yeah. So you're like... Do they not like me? Or do they not give a shit? No, that that happens. But when you go to other places and where you get grab other people's attention, you're like, okay, uh, this could be something. This could be something.
1: I think that's back? the thing. It's like kind of a stand-up. It's like you do it all these different places, and if like 9 out of 10 places it hits, you then it's, you can... You That's a joke you keep. If, like, if only, like, four places or three or two it hits out of ten, then you're like, maybe it was good for that crowd, but it's not, like, necessarily the funniest joke.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just, um, being analytical about it is, so, like I said, I have everything recorded, and every night I would, uh, listen to it on the way home immediately. And in there, let's say four minutes of it sucks, but it's just one thing I say it gets a little hee, and I'm like, we'll keep this on this side, we'll put this on this side, see yeah. what happens, see so if I can, see so I can write uh, more about it, and you know it's it's interest, it's learning, right? Like I'm fascinated with learning and trial and error, and it's one like music. If you mess up, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. But five minutes of open mic. If I mess up, nothing happens. Yeah. And like, I took. I thought I'm like, well, if I just don't royally mess up, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not. And I always got like that's how I got into bowling too and got better at it. Every time I walked up to the line, i was like, remember, you're not good at this. To just empty my brain, instead of uh, like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and then see if I can give the ball the curve. And more I thought about it, everything went into the gutters. Yeah. But more I reminded myself, and that, was, that became our uh, team motto. So before everybody one cause we played the league, four of us. Every time one of us just stood up to do it and we bought like balls, shoes, everything, we're ready. And I'm like, Mike, yeah, remember, you're not good at this. And <laughs> then <laughs> throw it. And they would do that to me and it's just back and forth. Just the good times. Good times. I hope it comes back.
1: Yeah, the one thing silver lining, I guess, about the shut down is I feel like it um knock on wood I stay with it and I keep doing it but like just like like you're doing like honing in on a certain skill without like going like was it you that were you said wood shedding yeah yeah like wood shedding mm-hmm. like it you can't do much else right now so it's kind of like people will come out of this like hibernation and it'll be really awesome to see everyone's gonna have such a appreciation for it and for me like i'm never gonna take it for granted again like i i didn't realize how fortunate we are to be able to go walk into a coffee shop or a bar and just do a set like that is a privilege like i'm grateful you you,
0: as a person you're a special kind you you come from a place of grace and gratefulness not everybody possesses that so, so that's, you, that you, that's well, why like I, I i fear what the politicians are banking on people forget easy
1: yeah
0: oh well we will call them later it's my uh, salsa band drummer oh alio Two hours and fifty minutes already.
1: Damn. Well, that's almost to a Joe Rogan podcast, basically.
0: He's the he's the golden standard. Yeah, right? he's
1: the he's what we compare everything to.
0: Well, I mean, the man, the man learned. I also did that this uh, lockdown. I watched his early episodes. Because he always says, you know, oh, you listen to the early episodes. They just sucked. And then you just watch, like, if you do, like, leap from the earlier to the, you know, up to 100 or 200 episodes, how he's evolving as an interviewer or Mm -hmm. become a better conversationalist. With you, it's easy.
1: Well, thank you. We're just talking. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for hosting me.
0: Thank you. Anytime. And you are my first ever podcast that I was invited to.
1: Yay. Yeah. Your yeah, radio show. Welcome yeah. to that? Why haven't I been doing that? Um,
0: well, that place got flooded.
1: Well, the, yeah, with the radio show, it got flooded and then it moved to a church. So then I was doing the church for a while and then it moved to a theater. But then there was all this like, um, politics with the people, like, the original managers with the new owner of the theater. Like, I, was, I showed up, I was supposed to do a show, and then the owner of the theater was like, no, we can't reach an agreement on this. You're not going to have a show today. And I was just kind of like, none of this drama is my drama. I'm just going to exit this situation. Um, so that was the story of the radio show, and then I started doing a podcast and um, like this. And I honestly just... It was one of the many things I've done, and it, I just am not focusing on it right now.
0: The piano is the way to go these days.
1: Yeah, basically. How, how many
0: hours are you practicing, like, how a day?
1: Probably, like, one. All right. I want to get to two.
0: You are 30 minutes more than I do every day.
1: <laughs> well, mm. yeah, I, I want to get to two hours every day. And... Ideally, I want to practice like new, like do warm ups, mm-hmm. and then dig my teeth into the new hard stuff. And do then you
0: keep a with... log.
1: I have in the past. I haven't lately, but I should get back into it. Yeah, the new
0: I, log. I, I made a little book for the nay, and uh, you know, sometimes you sit down and you're like. Oh, to do, right? What to start. You don't want to like start with a song and then uh, it reminds me of like, okay, do three of these exercises, four of these exercises, five of these exercises. That's 15 minutes already. Yeah. Then you focus on a song or whatever that needs to be polished, but definitely keeping a log. um, These things have maintenance plans too. The reason they're like hanging in there right side up because they need to be oiled so now the oil is draining. Oh. They Like if you smelled sesame oil in this room, it's from... I didn't. Yeah, it's from that. They are, they need to be oiled too. Because uh, it sounds dry. Like how you would have a dry throat to sing. All ah. hissy. And then you lube it up and it just sounds smooth again. It's, it's such a... I mean, they're all creatures, right? They're, each... Over you create a relationship with them so Alio thank you very much
1: thank you ladies it's been a good time
0: beautiful ladies and gentlemen yet another episode of Book of Engin uh, shout out to hard ass work shout out to the, the original resonator uh, have a wonderful day and be nice and don't be afraid